Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking to Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch. He's written a bunch of books, he's on radio and TV all the time and gets interviewed a lot about the Christian faith and how it fits in with the culture of today. Welcome to History Makers, Bill, and I'd like to find out a bit about your story, where were you brought up, and uh, is that a bit of an American accent I can pick up? Oh, well, that's an American accent you detect. Um, originally from Wisconsin, uh, just out of high school, after a pretty wild and rebellious youth, the whole hippie culture, counterculture, drugs, peace, rock and roll. Uh, just out of high school I got saved, long story, but uh, out of a lot of despair and kind of suicide, and unfortunately, all of my friends not making it. They Many died of drug overdoses or suicide. God, in his grace, uh, kept pursuing me with his mad love, uh, madly in love with me. Sometimes you wonder why, but he was and is as he is with all of us, and reached into my life and turned it around, and so that really started things at age 18. Okay, and then tell me, was there a massive change in your life? Did everyone notice? Well, certainly my family did. I mean, you know, I'd been selling drugs and running away from home and getting in trouble with the police. So uh, after I did get saved and I hitchhiked around the country, I started writing letters back to my family. I said, you know, first of all, I cut my hair off. I was feeling convicted of, uh, you know, I don't need to have all this stuff. And uh, I started getting letters back from my dad and their little blotchy marks in the ink and he was crying you know it's kind of well the prodigal son story right you know my son who was lost is now coming home so i said yeah i'm i'm heading home soon i'll hitchhike back and so yeah certainly family and hippie friends uh sure did uh notice a difference okay and tell me what kind of career did you have back in those early days oh look at first it was just odds and ends odd jobs here and there but uh eventually started going to uh university and uh uh, did that for a while, three years into a uni degree, but then I got hijacked, if you will, by uh, YWAM, Youth with a Mission, uh, youth missionary group. So I went over actually to Europe for five years, and while in Europe, that's where I met my Australian wife, which is why I'm now here. Uh, we got married in 82. I finished a few degrees in the U.S., and then in 89, we shifted here full-time, so living in Melbourne and teaching at some of the Bible colleges, working for some of the groups like Focus on the Family and so on, and now have the uh, Culture Watch ministry. Okay, well, let's just take a step back to YWAM. You know, I've, I've had the chance to interview Lauren Cunningham and uh, John Dawson and have just been amazed at the uh, international influence of that organization. I think Lauren has preached the gospel in almost every nation on the planet and uh, really has been a history maker in his own right. Tell us about the influence of YWAM on your ministry. I mean, they're a very radical youth evangelistic movement. What, what, what kind of influence did YWAM have on your ministry? Oh, look, it is the world's largest uh, short-term missions organization. So as you say, they got uh, bases in probably almost every country of the world. And so um, uh, I first started with them actually in California, but then, as I say, went to Europe for five years. We had outreaches all over the place. Uh, North Africa, Islamic nations there, Southern Europe, and then, uh, back then, the former uh, Soviet Union, when it was still behind the, 
the Iron Curtain. We went there, a bunch of us, and had some pretty hardcore uh, evangelistic work there. So, yeah, YWAM's a pretty bold and gutsy and on-fire missions group, and it really does uh, it changes people's lives. They have uh, uh, discipleship training schools and the like, which really gets you right with God, knowing God's character, and then sends you out to be have an impact in the world. So it's a great group, and I still actually lecture at uh, a number of the YWAM schools, both in Australia and overseas. So certainly recommend it to anybody. Oh, well, I just had to ask that because when I first met you, uh, we were in Canberra at Parliament House uh, talking about the National Day of Prayer and Fasting. I know the next one's coming up at February 19, 2012. Very excited about that. Uh, and uh, I just saw you across the room and I thought, he looks like Jim Henson, the guy that created the Muppets. <laughs> Oh, look, I've been mistaken for a number of things and people over the years, but, uh, oh, look, you get a lot of different uh, people trying to uh, drag up comparisons here. So some are better than others, mind you. Anyway, so for those who uh, have never heard about Culture Watch, tell us about what is Culture Watch and what kind of ministry is it? Oh, well, it's kind of, as the name suggests, watching culture, but obviously from a Judeo-Christian worldview trying to offer commentary on, well, whatever the issues of the day. So it could be the death of Qaddafi, which happened a few days ago, uh, any number of issues, economic, political issues, ethical issues, cultural issues. So one day I could be talking about human cloning. The next day it might be radical Islam or the next day the sanctity of life. So I simply try to provide commentary on a whole range of current events from a Christian uh, perspective. And, uh, well, it's an interactive blog site as well so anybody can come and you know argue if they wish so we get plenty of atheists or homosexuals or uh, uh, drug dealers or what have you Hindus and so on they're all coming we have a lot of debate a lot of discussion obviously the aim is to present to them the claims of Christ and to show uh, well really that Jesus is the answer for the problems the world faces now let me just um, stop there for a moment because I think you know hearing your testimony of how you came to Christ and uh, that you have a, a heart to share the claims of Christ. There might be people listening that aren't Christians that need to hear the gospel. Would you share with those listeners what is the gospel and, and how do people respond? Oh, look, in one sense, it's very simple. Um, the message I, in fact, heard as an 18-year-old who was suicidal, uh, drug dealer in trouble with the law, I, uh, you know, I could have gone off on a big philosophical tangent, and I often did back then in my hippie days, but somebody just told me the gospel, that there is a God who uh, exists. He loves us very much. In fact, Jesus is God's Son who came to earth to demonstrate in a very practical way that love for us, uh, God reaching to us, not man reaching to God as in other religions. And I was actually told very simple things, uh, stories from Jesus and the Gospels about how he knows the very hairs on your head, he knows the sparrows in the skies and so on, and he looks after them, he takes care of them, he can take care of us. So in, fr in fact, for me, it was very simple. Instead of fancy philosophy and so on, it was the message that here is a person who loves us so much, he came to earth, died on our in our behalf, uh, so that we might get reconnected with God. We don't have to do it on our own, with our own efforts. He's done all the work, basically. He's made the way. So if we come to him in faith and repentance, acknowledge that he's the boss, not us. He calls the shots, not us. Uh, we can have that relationship with God restored through Christ. And so that kind of simple message did it for me, did it for millions of others of us hippies at the time, just as there was the counterculture back then in the 60s, there was also the Jesus Revolution. A lot of a lot of these hippies got 
uh, saved during that time. So that, in a nutshell, is the word. God exists. He loves us passionately. We've uh, broken that relationship because of sin and selfishness. We can't undo the damage we've done, but Jesus on our behalf has made that way. He's bridged the gap. And, uh, hey, that's the word we all need to hear. Well, thank you for sharing that, Bill. And uh, if people do want to respond to that, uh, they can go to our website, historymakersradio.com, and there we'll have a link to Culture Watch, uh, Bill's website as well. Now, let's talk about some of the hot topics and the hot potatoes of today, Bill. Uh, one of the biggest issues is the uh, the Marriage Act potentially being changed. A lot of politicians are, you know, discussing it, and, you know, there's going to be a conscious vote, all that kind of thing. Uh, we were a part of the National Day of Prayer and Fasting for Marriage together, and, you know, you've even been saying that this could be something that could have a dire consequences for the church, where maybe even one day uh, pastors and churches won't even be able to speak about, for example, Romans 1. Uh, there mightn't be freedom of speech to uh, to preach in our churches for anything that is against homosexuality. So tell us, Bill, where could this lead to? Yeah, well, look, it's actually already happening all over the Western world. Uh, various militant lobby groups uh, are really arguing that we cannot stand up and proclaim biblical values, whether it's God's design for human marriage, sexuality, and so on, uh, all over various laws that sound good, uh, vilification laws, anti-discrimination laws, and so on, are being used to effectively silence those who would critique some of these radical social engineering agendas. So we do have cases, in fact, plenty of cases, of, uh, say, Christians being fired from their jobs, uh, being fined, being thrown into jail, being uh, harassed by various uh, tribunals for simply standing up and affirming uh, the Christian gospel, and in this case, God's design for marriage and family. So it already is happening. And if same-sex marriage gets uh, the green light here in Australia, which it may well very soon indeed, there will be ramifications for churches. For example, uh, Christian pastors will be asked to perform same-sex marriage, and if they don't, they'll be accused of discrimination and so on. And many are already saying, if they don't do these things, then we'll have to shut down these churches altogether, and that has been happening around the Western world. So it's a very real threat indeed when homosexual activists say, this will not impact upon you. Well, sorry, they know it will, and it is already, and that's one of the things we need to be very much aware of. So uh, what should we do about it? Should we get big placards and signs and protest? Should we uh, have national days of prayer? Should we get all the Christians we know to run for politics and, and to try and get into parliament? What's the, what's the answer? Okay. All of the above. Uh, really, anything God calls you to do. I mean, he can make it very practical. The best antidote to the attacks on marriage is to have good, godly marriages yourself, right? I mean, you know, how many Christians are breaking up their own marriages? So... That's probably the beginning point. We have to start getting serious about our own faith and our own families and marriages. But, yeah, a lot of stuff. Uh, we need Christians in politics. We need people writing letters to editor, getting on talkback radio, contacting their MPs. All this stuff is important. I thought it was so important. I wrote a whole book on the issue. Uh, been working on it for 20 years. It has over 700 footnotes, but it looks at the very real impact that these kind of radical changes will have on you and me. So uh, the sky's the limit as to what we can do, but the point is we have to be aware there is a war going on. We are being targeted. There are many groups that simply don't like the freedom of Christians to be able to speak out in public, and they do want to shout us down. They say what we speak of is hate speech and so on. 
So there is a war. We have to be aware of that. And then we have to take steps to try to defend religious freedom and defend the great institutions of marriage and family. Now, I also heard that you're on TV recently uh, talking about burqas. You know, we've heard Fred Nile and, you know, the different politicians talking about banning the burqa, and there's lots of talk all over the world about this. I actually saw a bumper sticker the other day that said uh, the burqas are better at Hungry Jacks, you know, and, you know, people are making light of it, but it's a pretty serious issue. Uh, what is your social commentary on the burqa? Well, look, again, there's a number of things going on here. On the one hand, we are a diverse multicultural society. We certainly extend to Muslims and others their right to worship and have freedom in Australia. Of course, it's all one-way traffic, mind you. While we can give them freedoms here, we as Christians would not have the same freedom, say, in Saudi Arabia. You would not be allowed to build a church, wear a Christian cross, have Bible studies, and so on. So that's part of the, the issue here. Uh, however, in a free and democratic West, uh, to the extent that Islam and their push for Sharia law is incompatible with democracy, or well, then I think that's an area where we do need to stand up and say, well, look, you can only go so far. You certainly can have the freedom to build your mosques, have uh, Islamic education for your kids. But to the extent that you're trying to set up a two-tiered legal system, uh, Sharia law, Sharia finance, the whole bit, and to that extent that it's uh, kind of taking away de democratic freedoms, well, that's something we do have to be aware of, and we can say, well, no, you can do all that back in Saudi Arabia, but in, in Australia and other democratic nations, we don't want to hand away our freedoms this readily. The other hot topic I've seen you write and blog about a lot is uh, the, the topic of abortion and the value of human life. So tell me, where are we at in our nation, and uh, what should we be praying for? How do we respond to that issue? Well, look, it is a huge issue as well. There's something like 100,000 unborn babies killed every year in the name of a woman's right to choose. Victoria just recently passed amongst the world's most liberalized abortion laws. Uh, all number of amendments were tried to be added to the bill and didn't get through. So it really is open slather. Anytime up to nine months, uh, for almost any reason, a woman can kill her unborn child. Uh, look, that's a modern type of the old slavery thing, the very thing that Christians 200 years ago fought against. Uh, people like William Wilberforce fought the slave trade because of their Christian convictions that everyone made in the image of God is special and valuable. There shouldn't be two tiers of people, blacks and whites. In his eyes, they're all equal. It's the same here, the born and the unborn. They're all fully people uh, deserving of life, liberty, and happiness and that we would take away that right to life for 100,000 in Australia, about 45 to 50 million around the world every year. It's a human rights issue. Uh, it's that simple. If you want to talk about social justice, well, it begins in the womb. And right now, unfortunately, the mother's womb is one of the most dangerous places for a person to be. All right, Bill, well, we've got to wrap it up there. But i just got to say I've been so inspired by reading your blogs and your books and hearing you on the radio, uh, on the TV. You're so passionate about making sure Christians are informed in what's happening in the culture of the day, what's happening in politics. And, you know, I've been a Christian for over 20 years, and only in the last few years I've really had a passion to know the issues, to know how to pray, to know uh, how to stand up. And, you know, I've been actively writing letters to politicians. I've been meeting with politicians and praying with them and standing up uh, for righteousness and for justice in this nation. So I really appreciate uh, you being a voice in the wilderness for Australia. Now, the other thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, you're very busy. I'd say the foundation for you is your time with God, your daily devotions. What do you do to spend your time with God and how important is that to you? 
Oh, look, you have to. I mean, sometimes people say, I want to do what you're doing. I say, don't you dare even think about it unless, A, you're praying up yourself, but, B, you have a prayer team behind you. You have to have a spiritual covering. This is a, a real spiritual battle, and we'd all be toast if we didn't have that backup. So, yeah, you have to have your own personal uh, quiet time. Uh, I tell people if you read a, th- a mere three chapters a day, you can get through the Bible in a year. A lot of Christians don't even do that. I mean, it takes what, 10 minutes, 12 minutes to read a lousy three chapters, but Christians are so busy doing everything else. But if you neglect your own time with God, you're not going to be effective. And that's the problem. A lot of Christians want to do stuff for God. How about being something for God? How about being who he wants you to be? And then the doing will take care of itself. Well, God bless you, Bill. Thank you so much for joining us today. I reckon you're a history maker, mate. So what's the website for people to go to if they want to find out more? Yep, just CultureWatch. Uh, com is the actual address, but just Google CultureWatch, one word. You'll get it probably straight away. And you're also on Facebook and Twitter, very active there as well? Oh, yeah, all over the place. Well, God bless you, Bill. Thank you so much for joining us today. All right, bless you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on History Makers today. You know, the vision of History Makers is to spread the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. We're now on over 58 radio stations around Australia and Pacific nations, and we're so excited about the opportunity we have to broadcast the good news on the airwaves. If you would like to make a donation, please go to our website, historymakersradio.com. There you can also download interviews. We've got some great web links and some great information for you about following Jesus. So please, go to historymakersradio.com. I'm Matt Prater. God bless. Go and make history. History Makers.